our intro got cut short a little bit this week, but me and Rio were joined by Molly from the Global Program with the College of Business. She's an MBA student. She went to South Africa, and she was planning to go to Panama on the study abroad trip with the College of Business. And so she came into the studio today to tell us a little bit more about that, and it was a really good episode, so stay tuned. Kind of telling us of how she loves to listen and, um, and that she's with the MBA program, and we thought it would be a really good opportunity to have her on to kind of tell you all a little bit about those opportunities and also kind of get to know her. I'm, I'm, it's really cool. We always love yeah. to have new people in the studio. Yep, it's awesome. This might be our first, is this our first, like, non-Weagle guest this semester? I do believe so. Because we've had one of our co-hosts, or one of our hosts, so the way we do it is we do this morning show. We have Compact Discourse, four different days, and um, it's, each day is hosted by somebody different. Um, Davis actually hosts two days, but our friend Alex hosts Tuesdays, and he does more sports stuff. So he actually had Sophia Growth on at one point this semester, and he had the gymnastics coach on at one semester, at one point this semester. And I think he's going to have John Cohen on at one point in the semester, but we have really only had other DJs on, so we're very excited. Yes. Somebody yes. Outside well, of the thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about this uh, yeah. study abroad trip to South Africa that we just took with the MBA program. So we had uh, an incredible time. So I'm excited to talk about that. And I mean, any questions you guys have about, you know, MBA program at Auburn or anything like that, um, yeah. All right, so I think I think we need a quick little introduction. What do you do? What is your uh, MBA? You know, what are you interested in? How's your college experience been thus far? I mean, you're a lot yeah. farther ahead than us too. So sure, yeah. So I did my undergrad actually at the University of Southern Mississippi in okay. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, okay. and I'm an international business major. I finished in 2019, so then I actually moved abroad to France, and I was living over there for a year. Uh, I had this big dream to do international business and live in Europe, but then it was COVID, so the world shut down, no more visas. I came back and got into some sales roles, uh, some marketing, digital marketing, kind of job hopped a little bit, and then... I decided to go and do an MBA at Auburn. And it's interesting how I I ended up here. Um, I have some family in Alabama, but I think I just maybe got a targeted ad from Mm, them. They'll get you every time. And I joined a webinar and I talked to some of the students and I was like, okay, like this seems like a a great idea. So then um, I was offered like a position to work as a graduate assistant in the global programs over at the College of Business. So that helped a lot to offset, like, you know, out-of-state tuition. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been a really great opportunity. We're a small cohort, like 40. It's a a year-and-a-half program. We have a lot of students extend it to two years so they can get two degrees in Mm -hmm. two years, like MBA and master's. So I'm thinking about doing that, but still undecided you know um and so one of our electives we can take is this international business class and uh obviously I'm gonna take it because I work with (laughs) the global programs as my graduate assistant job um and I was so surprised like we announced we had this big presentation of like where are we gonna go um back in the fall and Uh, I was really glad to hear that we were going to South Africa because I'm well-traveled, I would say, in Western Europe. 
and I can really sort of blend in there. I feel like um, I don't stick out like you look at me and a full on tourist. Oh yeah, that's an American, you know. But um, to go to South Africa, it's probably not a destination I would have picked for myself. But it was such a cool experience and so different from what I've experienced even after living abroad for a whole year, experiencing like a pandemic there. Um, So yeah, uh, we did so many things, which I can tell you all about, but (laughs) I've been going on for a while, so. You're good, how long were you guys there? (laughs) So we were there for a week, uh, but it's like a long time to get over there. Mm -hmm. So the flight, there was like 16 hours oh that's rough but it was cool we went direct at least I thought that would be better but honestly I'm like I think maybe if I ever go that far away again I would do a layover I feel like the stress of a layover is awful like I'm just a very like I stress about things like that I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna miss it I'm gonna miss it but at the same time I think not being able to like just stand up and walk around for 16 hours would get me yeah yeah, I was like kind of just walking around the plane a little yeah. bit, just I'd going up and down the aisles and the, stuff. The Russell Wilson high knees on the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some people <laughs> doing that. You kind of like, there's like this um, debate a little bit about do you take your shoes off on a plane? And like on a flight that long, like you kind of have to. That's yeah. fair. Okay, but you're also like sleeping. I will say I was on a plane this past weekend and – on the way there, I, I flew in on a Thursday, and I flew out on a Sunday. I had the same guy sitting, like, directly beside me. I had a nice little aisle seat, but right across from me in the aisle, I had the same guy on both flights. And mm. the first flight on the way there, I, I do believe he was a college student. I was flying out of Atlanta, and there were a lot of college students. Um, but he was doing calculus on the plane, which, brave man, because there was a lot happening on that plane. It was kind of mm. loud, so good for him. But he did take his shoes off, and he didn't have socks on. Mm. It's one thing to take your shoes off and have socks on, but I feel like dogs out is a little much for a plane. (laughs) Dogs Dogs out. out is a little much. Like, we're recycling this air, you know? (laughs) No, I I saw a little bit of that on the the flight back, which was even longer because we had, like, headwinds. So we had to stop Mm -hmm. in Miami, and they had to change the cruise. And we were on that plane for 20 hours. Wow. They didn't let you off in Miami? No. You can't get off. That's why I would really just do a layover, like use a real toilet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I saw a man go in the bathroom with no shoes on, and I was mm. like, that is really, really okay. gross. Okay. Yeah. That might be a line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were there for seven days. I definitely could have stayed for like a month, I think, because there is so much to do. Yeah. And, uh, I've never traveled before where everything is sort of planned out for you. Right. I always just yep. sort of figure it out, and there's a lot of spontaneity in my travels, yeah. I would say. Um, but it was pretty cool because I didn't have to think. I just, like, showed up and got toted around to all these amazing experiences. That's awesome. We got fed. Um the U.S. dollar is really strong against the South African rand. So we were like, I mean, we were traveling in luxury. That's so nice. Were, like, some of the nicest ones I've ever stayed in. The first one, in, we, we landed in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And we spent, I think, like three days there. Um, 
the hotel there was just gorgeous and the breakfast it was like this expansive buffet of like every type of breakfast sausage poached eggs Mm. and then I got addicted to these like cinnamon soaked pears I guess they're like marinated pears and I ate them every day some people thought they were apples but I do think they were pears I don't know I just kept saying um you guys know Rick Ross, shout out to all the pears. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, I completely forgot about that. That just like unlocked something. A core memory. Yes, <laughs> it really is. That's so funny. And for those who don't know, Rick Ross, a uh, famous rapper, he was doing a, I think, a radio interview about uh, how he lost some weight, and he said, "I eat pears now." Shout out to all the pears. <laughs> so I was saying so that true. all. The whole time and eating pears. Nice. Yeah, we did a safari out there. Oh, that's exciting. That sounds awesome. It was. uh, It wasn't my favorite event, I guess. Uh, Just because, I don't know. I feel like you you can sort of see the animals at the zoo. And I guess the appeal is that they're in the wild and everything. I know a lot of people loved it. We ended up getting a – sometimes they don't see a lot of stuff on safaris. Like, it's Mm -hmm. really hit or miss. But we saw, like – Right off the bat, elephants, we saw zebras, we saw some lions, and we saw a ton of giraffes, too. Oh, that's cool. I do like giraffes. Super close up, too, but I I get a little motion sick, and we were on this crazy crazy sort of ride, but it was cool. They had um, some beverages for us and some snacks for us out there, and then uh, they took us to, like, this sort of pavilion i guess in the in the savannah and we had traditional braai which is south african barbecue Ooh, yeah yeah that's my biggest thing when i travel i'm there for the food like especially if i like take any trips with my family or even my friends like i am always like i have an itinerary of where we're gonna eat i'm like oh we're gonna be in this part of town all right i have three restaurants whichever one's open like you know whatever we're in the mood for but i that's the coolest thing it was crazy how sort of similar Southern food is to African food. That was something that, that struck me. Mm. It's like a lot of greens and, you know, it, it just is pretty interesting because that is what like soul food is. It's just made with the ingredients like they could find in America. That's more localized to. Yeah. And I think that's like another super interesting thing. Um, and we were, before we got on air, we were talking about the Bard. He's an anthropology major, and I've had some conversations with him about it, but there's so many foods of certain countries that are so similar, yet nowhere near. Like, obviously, you know, people say America's a, a melting pot and whatnot, so we have a lot of those influences, but you could take two places that have never, like, interacted with each other and have no people from there, and their foods are still so similar just using slightly different ingredients and it's really interesting to see oh definitely like so i have this thing with like hot dogs lately let me explain i'm doing a like persuasive speech project for our professional development class on why a hot dog is a sandwich okay so i have been interviewing people about whether it is or isn't and then i went to south africa and i found the south african hot dog and I asked, like, three or four South Africans, like, is this a sandwich? 
And in fact, they all told me no. But in America, a lot of people said yes, or a lot of people said it's a taco, too. Interesting. interesting. All right. Well, we are going to cut to a quick PSA break for the next two minutes. So if you want to hear more about her um, argument as to why a hot dog is a sandwich, stay tuned. Welcome back to Compact Discourse here this morning. Again, joined by Rio, my co-host, and Molly. Um, she's here with the Global Program, and she's an MBA student. We were just talking about her trip to South Africa and her thesis on hot dogs. Not an actual thesis, but we're gonna, we like to call it It could thesis. be. I think I'm going to go back for a PhD after this and, and research this question <laughs> as fully as it deserves yeah. to be. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So, so you're stating... You're <laughs> asserting that a hot dog is, in fact, a sandwich. Go well, ahead and dive right into that. Well, the the assignment is to do a persuasive speech, and I'm a bit of a contrarian, I guess. Okay. And so I just wanted to pick something controversial to do my persuasive speech on. I just think it's funny. But, you know, at the beginning of all this, I really did believe a hot dog is a sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people argue that it's not because the the bread's not separated. Separate. And yeah. to that I say, what about a Subway sandwich? What about a hoagie, oh. for mm. instance? That's a good point. But I've been interviewing, I mean, so many people in the States, from all over the States, and as well as in South Africa, where I mentioned everyone told me that it's not a sandwich. And their hot dogs are a little bit similar to ours, but the bun is a little different. It's not a bun it's more of a roll like a lobster roll kind of Ooh, okay. wait that sounds intriguing sounds it's delicious. like a little baguette and that's in france also they have hot dogs on a baguette hmm. that's awesome that's but they don't french. call it a sandwich either a sandwich if i <laughs> <laughs> um if i recall it's called uh a hot dog just a hot dog so really the more i get into it the the less i really am confident, to be honest, that it is a sandwich. I think there's a good argument to be made, though. I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like you have a good basis for persuasive, like persuasiveness. For sure. Because, like, so many people out there think it's not. And I don't know that you should be basing your argument based on the opinions of others. That's true. I I started it off with a survey, you know, and Mm -hmm. I took in Hmm. a Qualtrics survey, (laughs) putting those university resources to use. I recommend you guys try it for a passion project sometime. It's it's pretty fun. I think I want to use it because I'm going to be the station manager of of WEGL next semester or next year, and I'm looking of different ways we can use things like that that the university provides. And Qualtrics, I think, would be a good way just to be like... Qualtrics is nice. Just to see what see how the DJs want the station to go and stuff like oh, that. Oh, you guys could figure so much stuff yeah. out oh, yeah. from your listeners. Oh, yeah. 100% yeah. recommend it. But I I found that, yeah, a lot of people... The, the answers were a lot more split, you know? And I had people saying it's a taco. And I just dove into this rabbit hole and I found so much information there was even a lawsuit uh of chipotle versus panera so (laughs) what this is awesome all right so a panera was in the mall and a chipotle opened up in the same mall but panera had an exclusivity agreement with the owners of that mall so that they were the only 
sandwich shop allowed to be in the mall. Okay. Panera sues Chipotle because they say Chipotle is making quesadillas and that's a sandwich. Oh. The court of law ruled in favor of Chipotle and said Hmm. anyone who wants to go get a sandwich – you want to go get a sandwich? You're not going to Chipotle for that. It's a yeah. it's a distinct difference. The yeah. average person is not. Well, I would also argue it, it's hard because it's I have this. This is my same argument with the hot dog. It's like, is it meat or is it filling inside of bread? Yes, that makes mm. it a sandwich. But certain cultures wouldn't consider it a sandwich. For example, a quesadilla is, I mean, a type of bread with things inside of it. It's the same thing as a grilled cheese, but it's not would, on bread because I don't consider it I don't it a know sandwich. that I would define a tortilla as bread. Well, it's flour, water, and, and it's the same thing that makes bread. And that's what, I mean, you can it's take... So is cake. Right. You can take, well, that has eggs, sugar, extra things. Yeah. You could, and leavening agent, which is usually not yeast. What about, yeah, the leavening agent? Right. Does that so, necessitate the But bread? that's the thing. Mm. Think about, um, I'm going to butcher how this is said. I actually don't know about challah bread. The Jewish bread that doesn't rise, they don't use uh. leavening agent. It's still bread, right? So even that's an argument. Um, but in tradition, that bread was actually made um, because they took the yeast from the Jewish people so that they couldn't make bread, so mm. that they would have less of a livelihood because they were bakers and that's how they ate. And so they were punished by taking the yeast away, so they found a way to make a bread that is not considered a bread by law. That way they could eat it. That's and incredible. that way they could sell it, and that way their Jewish bakeries could stay in business. So what if you put a hot dog meat? That's the other thing, is the hot dog by itself without any bread is still a hot dog, right? Yeah. Yes. Um. So what if you put it in another type of bread? Is it still a hot dog? Or what if you even wrapped it in a tortilla? I would say mm. it's probably still a hot dog. I mean... <sighs> I don't know. It's such semantics, too, because ask yeah. somebody from, like, New Orleans about a po' boy. If it's not on the right kind of bread, it's mm. not a po' boy. No, it's not true. the filling. Yeah. It's the bread. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's but like. But then is a po' boy a sandwich, too, because it's also got the bread that's. Right. Mm. But I would say anything that is in between bread could be considered a sandwich. But I'm more of a person of tradition, and it's a. Um, it's going to put you between bread. Yes. <laughs> put two things between bread, man. I sandwich it all together. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a sandwich Ooh, by it's a verb. It's a sandwich by defin by description, okay? But not necessarily by definition. Yeah. I've I've just been, you know, in this hot dog sandwich world for like a month now and I started to just question why do I feel the need to put Define everything it. in a box? Yeah, let the yeah. hot dog be a hot dog, let man. Let it be itself. Why do we have to put a label on everything? And maybe, mm. yeah, yeah, maybe that's just our culture. But maybe it's South Africa's culture, too, because yeah. they said, no, it can't be. So are you we just like to are argue. You, are know. you moving away from the idea that it's a sandwich now? I think you've you've got sandwiches. And in the sandwiches category, you've got, you know... You've got open-faced sandwiches, hoagies. Mm -hmm. An open-faced sandwich isn't a sandwich, in my opinion, so same thing. It's more more close to a pizza. Pizza, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Somebody um, brought up this theory to me in my research, and and they said uh, that in – I've heard, you know, things like uh, raviolis, like Mm -hmm. Uncrustables is a ravioli. Oh. Maybe. But it's a bread and not a pasta. pasta. Yeah. That's See, I, I could that's fight true. that because typically yeah. when I look at when I look at things like that, 
I'm thinking more on like a what it's made up of and the process. For example, like bagels, I would argue people say it's kind of bread, but it's a bagel because it's it's processed differently than other breads because you know they a, they half a, boil it. They I'd say it's a form dip of bread in, though. Yeah, I guess like because a croissant's a but bread. what makes it that the essential butter, flour, water, or whatever, mm, right? True. So every in every culture, you have a tortilla, you have a uh, grain. I can't think of what the name is in I'm traditional not, African cultures, but it's like it's a dough formed thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not vibing with the tortilla being bread. I'm sorry. That's I think, okay. I feel like if like for me, the definition of bread is going to be something that has to proof in rice, and I don't know that a tortilla has to proof rice. That's fair. Um, what about a pita bread though? That's mm, they also don't rise. Mm. It's true. But you it do does, a, little a little bit. Bread. But it's so do tortillas. If you put a tortilla on a hot pan, it's going to give you air yeah, bubbles. But, but you don't have to put a pita on a hot bread. You just bake it on a hot mm. pan and you bake it. Oh, that's also, you don't cook a tortilla in an oven. You cook it on a pan. You have a tortilla. Like, you can purse. do either. See, um, my yeah, thing, I've too, is <laughs> at the end of the day, I think that people should be way more worried about other debates and other, like, important things. And I'm like, I really don't care who considers it a sandwich or yeah. who considers it not a sandwich. But, look. I like this. Let's keep on this train. Because I used to work at a shop, and we would make pita like wraps, and we called them sandwiches. Mm. You did? Yeah. Okay, it's like this a, is groundbreaking. Yeah. But a lot of people will call it like a pocket, which That's not pita pocket. is a pocket, not difference from a burrito. I would say a burrito is a tortilla pocket. But I think, you could say mm, a pita pocket. I think it was different because it wasn't like you weren't like wrapping it. It was like you put filling in it, and then you would just kind of bring it together, and then it would be like almost like a cannoli in shape. Like it would, the ends mm. would be open. And they would be like filling, kind of spilling out. Does that make sense? Is a cannoli a sandwich then? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. The crazy thing about all this is that I can't eat gluten. And so <laughs> most of the It's kind of ironic. How ironic, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't really find a gluten-free hot dog around mm. here or anywhere. Um, and I don't really want to just eat the plain old hot dog. Yeah, I'm sure strange. you could find a corn dog alternative that's like cornmeal based. Or and I could not... make one, I guess. Yeah. You probably sell gluten free hot dog buns somewhere. But I don't really like hot dogs all that much at the yeah. end of the day. It's more of a theory. That's fair. And if I want a sandwich, I don't know, maybe you guys can tell me. If you want a sandwich, are you going to go get a hot dog? No. 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 Personally, no. Well, because I, for me, it's I would like, I, a hot dog in and of itself, the the bread is not the star of the show, and that's why it's not a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Because you change the bread on your sandwiches to change the flavor to you know you you go to a sandwich shop and they're like what kind of bread do you want? But a hot dog, you're going for the meat, okay? It is a sausage. It's the same thing as you're like, oh, I really want a bratwurst. I don't care if it comes on a bun or not. If I want a bratwurst, I'm gonna eat it. The, the bread is just a vehicle for the hot dog. Yeah, and globally, it's on a different bread in in every country. Almost every country has cylindrical meat on bread. So if it's called mm. a hot dog, then I would argue that what makes it a hot dog, not the bread, I don't know. Maybe I need to go to Germany to find Mm. out. Maybe because they have a lot of bratwurst They're big on the sausages and cylindrical meats. My dad was just there. I'll shoot him a text. Ask him. I'll shoot him a text. Uh, Yeah. Was he, like, there on business? Does he know some Germans that he can He might. He can like bring it up to them in their business meeting. I'll, I'll see what in the next Zoom meeting. These guys like you guys. What about hot dogs? Uh, I have a really important question for everyone. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're about to cut to commercial break, so we'll save the question. Um, yeah, I will say right before we cut to break. Um, quick answer: 
Someone says you're getting a sandwich. What is your go-to sandwich? You're craving a sandwich. What are you getting? Club. She can't eat gluten, so I don't know that she has a go-to. I make a lot, you know, but my latest thing is a uh, peanut butter and and fig butter from Trader Joe's. That sounds wonderful. Gluten-free bread. It's delicious. I'm I'm going either a pub sub or a pickle Uh, and cheese. mm, I will not answer any questions about that. (laughs) We'll get back to that when we get back. Right, we're back. It's it's still compact discourse with Rio, myself, and our guest. Molly. No, actually, you're Rio. I'm Adrian. I'm Rio. So I'm Rio, the, actually. Uh, she's Rio. You can oh. be. I can be Molly. You be Adrian. Oh, perfect. Okay. Okay. Cool. Finally, we got it worked out. <laughs> um, but we're back, and we're gonna talk some more. Probably not some more about hot dogs, but I mean, we can. <laughs> what? Fifteen minutes wasn't enough. Last week we talked for forty-five minutes about motivational speakers. Yeah. The great. entire episode. We talked about Jordan Belfort. And I think it's a scam, but we won't get into that because I'm very passionate <laughs> about this. If you're interested, you can go listen to that episode on yeah. Spotify. <laughs> it's called, It's called. Does Jordan Belfort Motivate You? Question mark. That's what we named it's it. A good name. It's a pretty good one. Um, and then we talked about what makes a good hoodie great. But this week, we're sticking with the study abroad. We're sticking with the, I would say even our hot dog discussion was very, it took some cultural Education, influences. That's international yeah. business right there. Yeah. I mean, it, it really d- drives home the point of, you know difference in cultures and you know and the ways we're united too across the world with yeah. our with you know so many different types of hot dogs across the globe so true so true so let's let's get into the meat of why we're here right <laughs> see what i did there the hot dog in the barn if you will. uh let's let's get into the cylindrical meat the that sausage. is <laughs> that is the academic part of this all right what's the draw what are we getting out of this out of this study abroad you know how is this advancing our careers. I definitely learned more than just about hot dogs and we had a lot of cultural experiences but the the business experiences that were planned for us too were really enlightening. So I tried to prepare before going over there and tried to learn about South Africa but I feel like we don't hear a lot about their politics or really what's going yeah. on in general in our news at all Especially over here. Current, the only thing I know about them is um, like the 90s and apartheid. And yes. Me too, before I took the international business class and we read uh, Trevor Noah's book. He's okay. from oh, yeah. Johannesburg. Uh, and we actually visited the township that he grew up in and wrote all about in his book. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... There's still the lingering effects of apartheid, you know. It's not totally dissimilar to what we have here in the United States, I feel like, uh, with segregation. But it's just on a different scale, and and you really don't get a feel for it until you go and see it for yourself, I'd say. But we were able to visit Nelson Mandela's house where he grew up. That's in Soweto, which is the township uh, southwest of... Southwestern Township. It's like a shortened thing, but okay. it's oh um, okay. Yeah, it's in Johannesburg, and yeah, like I was saying, I can kind of blend in in like Western Europe, but mm-hmm. in Soweto, you just stand out very obviously. Like, yeah, uh, it it was pretty crazy to see, and then we went to a place called Cliptown, which is in Soweto, mm. and 
it was like corrugated iron housing. Oh. Uh, but the interesting thing is that they have, like, phones and Wi-Fi even in that housing. Mm-hmm. They steal power. So I want to talk about the the energy situation. They like steal power? Sort of steal. It's like, okay, I want to talk about the, uh, like, the energy. So are you mm-hmm. guys, have you, I hadn't heard a lot about this before I went, but they have, like, major power problems. Like, the really? energy grid can't provide enough energy oh and it's like across the whole country and it's they do what they call load shedding so they schedule blackouts uh so that the grid can like stay up and they're up to like six seven hours a day of scheduled blackouts so every day yeah but the so the hotels and like the areas we stayed in the nice areas, they have generators and okay. such, but uh, in the townships, they don't have that. And they yeah. sort of have, like, rigged up power lines to, like, reroute the power from the main. I'm probably <laughs> explaining this wrong, but <laughs> to reroute the power from, like, the main. To kind of bypass that blackout. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, uh but it was really cool to visit. We went to the Cliptown Youth Program. So it's this school, mm. and it they have, like, a sweet computer lab. It looks like something we would have at Auburn. Really? Yeah, and it's all solar-powered. Oh, interesting. That's, that's yeah, cool. so it was really interesting. And, yeah, uh, but they they deal with the power issues a lot more, obviously, in, in townships. And we visited another township called Kailicha in Mm. cape town and we went to a cookie factory Mm. there and that was really really fun it was called kailicha cookies or uh you can find them at you cookie brand and they're for sale in the u.s as well um but it has so basically most of our business visits kind of ended up being like non-profit visits because we kept getting a lot of cancellations from mm. some of the businesses that we were planning to visit, but I'm really glad that it ended up the way it did because it was just really cool to to meet people who are so dedicated to a cause. And yeah. um, the cookie factory, she has a 0.01% contribution margin, which wow. is crazy. And she 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 kind of knows she's crazy, but she's like, you have to be crazy to change the world. And I think that was just... What does that mean exactly, that contribution margin? So the contribution margin, I'm in business school, but <laughs> basically <laughs> um, basically that's their, um, you know, their... I'm pr- oh, sorry, Dr. Yost, if you're listening in, because I'll probably get this wrong, but it's like their profit after all the expenses and stuff. Okay. And the reason it's so low for her is because she purposely keeps the process as manual as possible. Okay. Because her goal is not to improve her profits. Her goal is to create as much employment as she can in the community. Right. So she employs, I think, 200 women, I want to say, and her goal is 1,000. That's awesome. And... We got to actually go in the cookie factory and work alongside them and talk to them, which was 
so cool. The cookies were delicious. And that was all planned by the business school. Um, So we got a good mix, I would say, of townships and city experiences. And it was just kind of crazy to see, like, we have some wealth inequality, obviously, in the States, but it's the number one biggest wealth gap in the world in Cape Town, according to the World Bank. So I uh, I have a quick question, kind of circling back to the energy thing. Uh, Visiting there, and as a tourist, like you said, um, it was a little harder to blend in. Did you see any? Um, did you see any locals that seemed like they weren't really not mean, but seemed a little less like welcoming to those tourists? Because thinking about the energy thing, um, and from my experience, it makes me think of similarly in Hawaii, especially. I have family in Hawaii, and especially after COVID. There was a there was a water shortage or during COVID, and we still there's still tourists that have to that were going to Hawaii, and that's how Hawaii makes a lot of their money. But what they were doing is putting water restrictions on locals instead of, or they were putting water restrictions on locals. But obviously the hotels, the hostels, and stuff weren't as restricted because tourism is so big, and a lot of locals kind of saw that as hurtful and you know it seemed like the government was prioritizing that tourism and that money as opposed to the the livelihood of their own people so did you see any reservations from the locals kind of could does That's that make a great sense question I think it I think I understand but actually not at all I mean everyone in almost everyone was super welcoming super friendly um they, I, I guess the government kind of doesn't help anyone in South Africa, but the wealthy people can afford their own generators. Okay. And so uh, th- there was surprisingly, well, I lived in France and, uh, you know, the people were nicer in the town I was in because it was a really small town than yeah. they are in Paris. But like in South Africa, they were so nice to That's us awesome. as foreigners, like. Uh, even with me asking them probably dumb questions about, you know, politics and stuff, because it's really hard to understand. Um, it's really, really nuanced uh, politics and years. All we ever hear about is, is apartheid, and even that I, I didn't know probably enough about before I went over there. But we yep. also got to learn a lot about how that was we went to robin island which is the prison where nelson mandela was for 18 years and he wrote his book long walk to freedom Um, and we actually had a tour given by a former inmate who was a freedom fighter during the apartheid years Uh, and so it was like just crazy to think about how recent the history is and so cool to hear his experience and he told us about how he got some inspiration from people in the states like Whitney Houston gave a concert and Hmm. uh, companies started putting you know trade restrictions and that's what he ended up telling us was the thing that made the biggest change so it was cool to think about how um, like movements for independence can inspire each other globally and uh 
I, it was just amazing to hear from him. It kind of moved me to tears a little bit because yeah. it was just so, um, yeah, so inspiring, but also very sad. It was a really heavy feeling to be in that prison. It's like Cape Town is like the most beautiful geographic place I've ever seen, like rugged yeah. coastlines, beautiful mountains, and in the prison, the walls are so high, you can't see any of that. You just wow. have, like, the hot sun beating down, and that's, like, when they get to go on inside. And Robin Island was – I didn't know this, but during a, the apartheid years, it was only a, um, like, political uh, f- prison. So Dude. for politi- – like, people wow. who fought against the apartheid, it was mm-hmm. entirely used for that. Wow. That's not surprising, but it is disappointing. Yeah, disappointing to to think about it. But, yeah, Nelson Mandela, what a guy. What a guy. guy. I read an article about him recently in Ethics about how um, South African government essentially were – they branded him as a terrorist. Yeah. And then um, it was an interesting article because then it was like uh, like comparing that to like warfare, but that's neither here nor there. Um, What is here is a little PSA break, so – that was smooth. Wasn't it? We will be right back in about two minutes. Um, but keep it real. We're going we're gonna to close out with, I think, a little discussion on the coming up study abroad trip to yes. Panama? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Exciting stuff. Awesome. So um, keep it right here on Weagle 91.1. We'll be back in just a minute. Rio's beatboxing over there to this. Um, we're back. This is our final segment. And I think Molly wanted to talk to us a little bit more about the study abroad trip, like the one to South Africa, but this year it's to Panama. Yeah, so this is for the undergraduate students. It, uh, if you would like to participate in a Harvard Global Program, um, we have a great one next fall. And the deadline to register for that or apply for that is actually coming up on April the 13th. So it's coming up kind of fast. uh, But that's going to be a trip to Panama with the international business class. If you're a business major, there is a price benefit that you get uh, from the College of Business due to our generous donors. Uh, so really recommend taking that as, you know, an elective class. It's a intro to international business class taught by Dr. Mary Catherine Colley, who's an amazing professor. You'll learn so much from her. And the Panama trip itself, uh, which is a part of the class, it's the same thing kind of that we did in the MBA program. So we're taking the class on South Africa and learning all about uh, international business there before we go and then synthesizing it after. But it it really makes it so that it's, you know, you can take a vacation anywhere, and that's one thing. But taking a course and learning something, like, you'll never forget it. So studying abroad has, you know, I did it in my undergrad, and it's just when you're in those – young years of your life it can really really change you but uh we've got this trip coming to panama the trip dates it's the the trip dates are from october 7th to 14th 
So it's a, a one-week trip. Uh, there will be some presentations by government officials, business executives. We did, we did that in South Africa. Got to listen to some really cool panels with like incredible guests who had so much knowledge to share. Awesome. Uh, there's going to be visit to the Panama Canal as well as like plenty of time to explore the region and cultural visits. A little bit of free time uh, to bond with the with the trip. So. Uh, it is a part of the BUSI 3250 three-hour international business class, and that class meets on Mondays from 5 to 7 p.m. And the course is, again, centered around the trip to Panama. So, again, the application is going to be due by April 13th, and the financial commitment deadline isn't until May 3rd, though, so you don't have to financially commit. You just need to apply by April 13th. If you've got questions, um, uh, what? let me tell you what's included as well in the, in the price if you do decide to go on the trip. Uh, so this includes the airfare, hotel, transformation, transportation to and from the Atlanta airport, transportation within the country, breakfast and some lunches, welcome and farewell dinner. I'll tell you guys, these that we had in South Africa put on by the College of Business were some of the best meals I've ever had mm. in my life. Just beautiful locations. Awesome. I mean, live music that's put on by, you know, people dressed up in in outfits from their culture so it's such a cool experience i'm sure uh you would have the same and uh so a lot of things are included for that price again if you are a business major and the you get a price benefit so the cost to non-business majors which you can take this class if you're not a business major and you want to get some international business experience it's an awesome thing to have to talk about with uh, potential employers for interviews and that sort of thing if you're not a business major it's three thousand six hundred and fifty dollars and if you are a business major it's two thousand six hundred and fifty dollars and it includes all of those below um, a lot of great a lot of great content if you've got questions you can contact the program director megan elliott and she's at mme0018 at auburn.edu. And you can also just go to harbert.auburn.edu. Uh, and you can just search for Panama. It'll come right up with the, with the page and everything. And so, yeah, I just wanted to make that little announcement uh, because, yeah, studying abroad really – really changed the trajectory of my career and just made me a better yeah. business professional and person in general. So Yeah, that's the uh, sentiment that I've heard expressed about most um, people who study abroad. Our current station manager, Luke Walker, he went to um, Rome and Italy. I mean, awesome. went to Italy and Spain over the summer for the business minor, and he absolutely loved it. Um, I've got some friends that are doing that this year as well. Um, I think studying abroad is a great idea. Uh, yeah, and actually only about 1% of undergraduate students in the state of Alabama do a study abroad yeah. program. That makes sense. Yeah. I will say, like, I've, I've been looking into it. I, I would love to do it. Um, and I, there's just a lot of things that go into it, you know. But. Definitely. But uh, 
like where would you think about going? Um, so personally, I'm a biomedical uh, major, but I have interests um, in psychology and the brain and stuff like that. Uh, so I was going to my previous major, you had to complete a language credit. So I was going to do my language credit in Peru because oh, um, I've done some Spanish in the past and um, I've had some family friends and some family go to Peru and and it was either you could go to Madrid or you could go to Peru and as beautiful as Europe is and I just I like the vibe a little more of Peru and that you know it's a big place South America in general like yeah. I, yeah. I've been a dancer for most of my life and dance is such a big part of their culture and their food and also you get you like we would have been able to hike the mountains in Peru which would be insane yeah so I actually had planned like this whole trip to Peru that I was gonna take uh I like planned out the whole itinerary Mm -hmm. and everything but it was like I guess this time last year, I, ca- I couldn't really get anyone to commit to going with me. But yeah. I, I have the, the all that in Google Docs. And it's <laughs> we it's can ready go. to go the three at any take time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like some really good hikes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, See, did they Incan close rooms? Machu Picchu? Um, they did for a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if it's reopened, but I believe it is. Okay, okay, yeah, because that would be a big one for oh, me. Oh, for sure, it's me as well. It's kind of a bucket list. Oh, yeah. Draw. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Apparently on the hike up there, too, uh, hiking through those mountains, the whole hike up is just Incan ruins. Oh, wow. So, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you'll you'll find stuff throughout the whole hike. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Because in my itinerary, we were just going to take the bus up there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to do the yeah. whole hike. I think I planned it to go, like, during the rainy season or mm-hmm. something. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting on the, they're on the southern hemisphere, right? Yeah. So it's like the seasons are flipped. So when we went to South Africa, it was like the end of the, end of their summer there. Mm -hmm. So, but then I was like, oh, the weather's kind of the same um, as it was when we left because it was really warm. Like this was the week before spring break. So it had been really warm here. Okay, yeah. And, um. Yeah, I thought it would be hotter. I guess it was pretty hot during the day, but uh, at night it got kind of cold, like mm. 65 degrees or so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that because I think when typically it's so far Africa, south. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the closer to the equator mm-hmm. is hotter, right? Yeah. So the, it's real. It's real far, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, they have penguins they in have South penguins. Africa. We saw the penguins. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. Have you guys seen Penguin Town on Netflix? No. Oh, it's this show where they like narrate the penguins' lives in South Africa, <laughs> but they kind of make it out as if the penguins just walk around the town and like go <laughs> in people's yards and stuff. And I guess they do, but if you go visit, you can only see the penguins from one boardwalk, the which beaches, they're cute yeah. and stuff, but. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a wildlife person because <laughs> with that stuff, I was like, ah, I could just go to the Atlanta Zoo and, <laughs> and just see all of this. But um, yeah. it was such like crazy views. Like mm-hmm. just I've never I love when there's like mountains and ocean. Oh, yeah. The when they place. meet. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Always awesome. Well, we're about to start wrapping up here. Do you have any other things that you have to get out? Uh well, you're just dying to tell us. 
I mean, I just love Weagle Radio. <laughs> awesome. I think yes. everybody should listen to it all the time. It, yeah, it's a really good idea, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> we actually, we had another, so when I was checking the DMs when I had seen yours, we had someone else reach out to us who lives in a camper and was driving through and was like, oh, I love, like I always have it oh, preset awesome. when I'm driving through. And I was like, for those of you who don't know, or for those of you who have to sit at your desk job all day and need some tunes to listen to, we stream online now. So yeah. if you go to WeagleFM.com, you can listen to us from anywhere. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Technology's Technology crazy is days. crazy. And we can see how many of y'all are listening. Yeah. They, so. don't, they don't tell us those numbers. So really if you want to boost our egos. <laughs> yeah. We'd love it. Um, but I think we had a – this is a really good – I really enjoyed today's episode. Me as well. Okay. So Thanks educational. So on. fun. It was awesome. Yeah, this um, was a blast. You have to let us know how Panama comes. You might have to come back again. Tell us how Panama was. Yeah, um, I don't think they're going to let me go, but oh. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Dr. Butler, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this has been, let me see, this has been Compact Discourse. Thank you for joining us today. And if you like what you heard this week, who knows who will be on next week. So you can listen to us Thursday, 8 a.m. And if you want to listen to more Compact Discourse, but not our two voices, yeah. Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m., every day. That's right. So no matter how you're feeling that day, we got something for you. So go ahead and tune in if you feel so inclined. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week. Keep it real. Keep it right here on Weagle.